Welcome to another episode of the Top Sense Sports Podcast. It is currently August 14th, wherever or whenever you may be listening or watching, because this will be streaming available on YouTube. Um, stay tuned for another episode. Episode 8 is underway. Um, and then we had this episode on Squadcast, and then we were lucky enough to be joined by guest David Pendel, quarterback. And to hear more about his story and things that we get into, stay tuned. And without a doubt, let's go. Darling, you got to let me know. Should I stay or should I go? If you say that you are mine. I'll be here till the end of time So you got to let me know Should I stay or should I go It's always tease, tease, tease You're happy when I'm on my knees One day is fine and next is black So if you want me off your back well, come on and let me know. Should I stay or should I go? All right. Uh, so joined by uh, David Pendel, quarterback from UConn. Spent some time with uh, Tampa Bay and Minnesota Vikings in some mini camps. Played in the uh, fan-controlled league as well for uh, Glacier Boys. And then you're currently playing for the X-League in Japan right now, right? Yep. Nice. How's Japan playing in X League versus playing overseas? How's it been um, for you playing overseas and stuff uh, compared to you know the level of talent here? Could you like go in a, bit, a little bit about that? Yeah, it's um, yeah. So number one, the biggest thing is is actual like regular football that I'm used to in America, eleven on eleven, same mm-hmm. rules, college rules, you know, like one foot in, and everything of that nature. But um, as far as competition. Um, since they're new, like they're still learning the the game of football, and you know, trying to get much knowledge about the game, they're uh they're not as you know advanced as we are out here well, in America. So, you know, if I had to compare it to you know competition wise, it'd be like playing. Um, I don't know. I didn't play at like Division two and Division three college football. I played D one, but I would assume like the competition level would be more like D two, D three. Some of the guys here, you know. They, they they got you know natural you know athleticism and stuff. They're not as big. They're not as fast. But you know they're still competitive football. On at the end of the day, and um, you know, it's it's a growing league. They've been up for about thirty years now. They said, and um, you know, every team's a lot of four Americans. So you know, the Americans' job really is to basically like help them, give them as much knowledge as possible while they're over, and you know, just help them improve more of the game. The American way, how we play. So you know. I like it. It's been it's been a you know good experience so far. I've been here for about a month now, and um you know mm-hmm. been able to you know build chemistry with the guys, much info and knowledge as I can through my experience and you know, catching on well. We had our first preseason game yesterday. Went really well, so I'm excited oh, yeah. for the next you know couple months and see how we you know things progress. Yeah, that's super interesting. Man. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I would say. How is it to be like as much as you're competing and like going out there and getting quality reps? What's it like to be more of a a teacher and a player at the same time? Um, I like that role. I, f- I feel like you know, um, this is my first time being in like a, a role where I'm you know playing and like coaching. Like mm-hmm. at home, I've never did coaching like that. You know, I always help help like you know I do quarterback when I'm working out and stuff. I invite a couple quarterbacks and work out with me, and like I don't even coach them. It's just more like let me help you out. We, you know, work, work together and get our reps together. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, being thrown in this situation, it just allows me to, you know, see things from perspective and take a different approach to things as far as, you know, like being able to, you know, go in a classroom, you know, draw stuff up and, you know, show them film about how we do this and then being able to go out there and execute it and they, you know, catch on to it right away. It's just been, it's just like, it makes things much easier. It makes it seem like it makes it more, you know, funner rather than, you know, being more of a, like a teacher situation. It makes things fun because they can, you can go out there, you know, everybody up here, you know, they look up to the Americans and, you know, they, they take in everything in, you know, you know, detailed and very, you know, 
specifically. So they like it just makes it it just makes it, you know, a fun situation rather than more of like a, a job. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah for mm-hmm. sure. You know, everybody same level and just learn quickly, go out there, ask questions, just have that type of relationship, that type of chemistry with players. And, you know, it just it, it just makes practice funner and, you know, in the game it's easier. Yeah, yeah more, man, loose, I, more loose environment. I was going to say, too, you being the quarterback role, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of leadership stems from you. Um, and I bet you a lot of the your team members also, like, look up to you in that as, you, as an American and as, you know, the quarterback of the team. Um, is there, like, a culture barrier from, like, how like how hard did you have to learn the language? Because you said there's only four Americans on the team. So, like, how are you kind of coaching them then? Yeah, so pretty much um, I was more people on the team speak English than I thought. Like, they don't speak – 100% English, but they know about, oh, okay. let's say, 60 to, like, 80% English. That's pretty good. Um, you know, surprisingly, like, a lot of the players, know, like, they know, like, at least 60% English. You know, they probably can't, you know, pronounce certain things correctly and all, but, like, once you hear them talking, you can understand what they're trying to say. And that's one thing I learned since I got out here. You know, I thought everybody was just going to be just pure Japanese, but they all, yeah, you know, yeah. they all can speak some English. So, you know, they have things, you know, small little phrases pick up to what they're trying to say. And then we also have a translator. One, he was around me all the time to, you know, help me say what I need to say to them and everything. But um, after the first week, you know, I've caught on to like them, um, what they're trying to say. They can speak a little English and stuff. And if anything, you know, we get into, we just don't understand anything. Have my phone, type it in and tell them what I'm saying <laughs> and go from there. But for the most part, you know, they, they understand English. Uh, they understand. English for, for uh, quite for a good a good amount, and it, it makes it much easier. You know, me, I'm learning Japanese as far as you know, hearing them say certain phrases over and over, and that's how I've been learning. So I've been able to pick up some of the you know the yeah. basic things that you know how to greet, how they run this play again, and stuff like that. So it's been it's been it's been you know much easier than I expected it to be before coming here. Yeah, that's good, man. It's like a whole different element to the game, but as good as a little easier than you thought. That's really good. And then I know you're a Maryland guy and you played at Oakland Mills. Uh, so I was wondering if you would kind of run through that real quick, your career there, and then how everything led up to you being uh, Howard County Times Offensive Player of the Year and uh, Baltimore Suns All-Metro Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, going back, that's, going back to high school, that's when I first started playing football, organized football. Um, at Oakland Mills High School in Howard County, Columbia, Maryland. Um, yeah, I, I you know, got up. Today. But I was watching I think it was the Eagles. I was watching Michael Vick one back in like in something like that, 29, 2009, 2010. Hmm. I just wanted that look fun, you know, run away from people, make people miss and stuff. So I went out to uh, trial for football team that year. Year, and um, you know, I can already throw that natural arm. I can throw pretty far. And I was naturally fast. I had no mechanics, never played football, never played quarterback, anything like that. I just went out there naturally, just what I know, my abilities. Mm. Um, went out there, um, started my first year on JV. I had a little bit of ups and downs, like everything just was completely fast. It was completely opposite of what I seen on playing the game and watching it. It's completely different. So TV mm-hmm. looks sure. easy, but when I got in there that first game, it was not as fast to run everything. I just like, I did not want to do this. This was just too much. I had to go <laughs> 10 games doing that. You know, the first game after that first game, I was just off. I didn't want to do this no more, but you know, I was like, I'm not going to quit. I just kept it going, kept yeah. it going. Towards, like, the last season, everything started to pick up. It was a little bit easier, but it was still fast. So after the season, um, you know, we have, you know, exit meetings with your coaches. And I wasn't going to go to that. I was just going to be done with football and just, you know, move on, figure it out next. But um, our head coach from Barcy ended up probably in his office. He said, it's a lot that I like about you. You know, you have big arm, you know, athletic. And you have a good size for your, you know, for your age. So I want to work with you going into next year. So throughout that whole offseason, you know, my coach Brown, he was working with me, teaching me the basics of quarterback and, and fundamentals and all that. And I just, you know, kept at it every day, just learning and trying to, you know, get better from uh, just watching YouTube. Just watch YouTube videos, like quarterback drills and workouts. You could just watch them every day and go, you know, learn new stuff. Went to my junior year, um, got a little confidence, got a little bit better. We didn't have the best record, but we did better than we did the year before. And mm-hmm. then same situation after the junior year, you know, coach brought me in again. It was like, all right, this is a big year for you, you know. 
put all the pieces together the senior year. So, you know, I took that in the same situation all summer, worked, 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 learned. And then um we actually had a pretty good season senior year. We went from, you know, first year I think it was 0 and ten to four and six and the senior year we went undefeated. And um nice. had like the best stats. I didn't know anything about, you know, the recruiting process. I had no intention on playing like college ball. I just wanted to do this right here in high school and get it over with. <laughs> and um after season, you know, division one uh came to my school and started, you know, talking to them. I talked to like Maryland, Buffalo, Syracuse. After I met a couple of coaches, they said with my grades, but at the time, you know, I'm just playing to I'm just playing to get by. You know, I have no intention on, you know, playing D one or anything. I don't even know what that is. So I'm just playing to get by. So I'm getting my, you know, my average GPA, like getting over and the coach just told me they was like, Yeah, you uh you have a lot of people none of them can offer you a scholarship because of your GPA. And my mindset was like, Wow, I could play at all these schools but I don't have grades. So here's like only opportunity you have to, you know, play at the next level. If you were real serious about that would be go to a junior college and not a great chance, you know, you can guarantee a scholarship there. There is an opportunity there. You can go division two, you can go division three. They don't get full scholarships, you know, so you're paying money and stuff like that. So once I heard that, I'm like, I'm getting recruited by the biggest schools, you know, big time power five schools in uh, mm-hmm. 30 years of playing. I had some type of, I could do, I had some type of, you know, some type of talent. So a couple of junior colleges called me, ended up going to Lackawanna Junior College, went to a visit up there. And um, it was a great visit, talked to the coaches. Then Coach Buda came down to visit my house, told me he wanted me to come there, you know, do what I do, get my grades right. And, you know, with my talent, I can go to Division One school. So, you know, I bought into that. Ended up going junior college, Lackawanna in Pennsylvania. Um, that ended up, you know, I set out my first year. I, back, I was the backup first year from a Virginia Tech transfer, Andrew Ford. So I was behind him, learned a lot from him. And then, you know, what I learned from him, I used that in my game, added to my game. And then sophomore year, I ended up winning the starting job. And we, same situation, freshman year, at Lackawanna, we went 7-3. And three. And my sophomore year, when I started, we went undefeated, we went 10-0, no. went to a bowl game in Arizona, lost in double overtime. Damn. Ended up losing yeah. in double overtime. Yeah, I finished third in junior college ranking 16. And then basically almost every school started calling. I ended up uh, having like a 3.5 finishing at Lackawanna. And I had like almost every offer you could think of as far as, you know, from junior college. So Yeah, people are hitting uh, you up New now. Mexico, <laughs> yeah. Uh, New Mexico, Coastal, Louisiana, uh, Eastern Michigan, Central Florida, Temple, Yukon. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, it was a bunch of offers. I had over like 20 offers, but I ended up narrowing it down to like Temple and Yukon. So I ended up choosing Yukon for uh, because I just felt like that was more of like my 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 vibe and what I was trying mm. to accomplish as far as you know next phase in my life. So I ended up choosing Yukon. Mm. Um, Got to UConn, won a starting job. Go when ahead. you transferred, how many uh, how many years of eligibility did you have left? I had two because I started freshman and sophomore year. I, pl- I was on the roster technically. Like I played freshman and sophomore year. So mm. I had two years left of eligibility. But, um, gotcha. yeah, got to UConn, started. Uh, the jump from Division One, I, I mean, Juco to Division One is a big difference because, you know, everybody's talented. But everybody's, you know, also smarter. Whereas you call the players are talented and not too many dudes who fundamentally, you know, mm-hmm. sound in their like certain things. So it's a little easier. But going to Division One, you know, everybody knows their job. Everybody's talented. Everybody knows their assignments. So um, struggled the first part of my season in uh, junior year. So then I, they uh, coach uh, benched me. Ended up giving the starting spot to the uh, previous quarterback. And then um, going into what I think it was like the eighth game of that season, quarterback got a concussion. So that was my chance to, you know, get my opportunity again. And I learned, you know, throughout those weeks building up to that game of practicing and learning from him and just watching him high play. I got that uh, opportunity again. Ended up finishing the last three games of that season. Did pretty good, like really good those last three games. And then, you know, going into senior year, you know, coach, we got new offensive coordinator and everything. He basically told me, you know, you're the guy. This is your year. So, you know, he just sat down with me and we just made a 
built a great relationship throughout that whole, you know, off season going into senior year. So like he taught me more football as far as, you know, like the game, understanding coverages and all that stuff, being able to, you know, really play the quarterback position well. So that helped me going into senior year, you know, as far as, you know, being a better passer, being a better football player and just, you know, a better leader on the field and off the field. So um going into senior year, we uh Offensively, I think as a whole, we did, you know, pretty good with, you know, what we did as far as distributing the ball to all the receivers, uh, being able to have a good run again with the running back and, you know, my ability being able to run the ball. But um, unfortunately, we went like one and nine, I think, that year because um, we just we just uh, we just we just didn't have a, you know, strong defensive unit. So it was a young, young defense rebuilding year. Yeah. So we went one and nine. But. Offensively, you know, as a unit, we did pretty good. We put up pretty good numbers. So um, after the season, I started getting a lot of calls, you know, from almost every NFL team. I talked to probably like 22 teams going into uh, my draft process 2019. But most of them were all, they were looking at me as athletes. So they all called and was interested in me playing you know, receiver, punt return, kick return, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Running back, yeah. So, so, exactly. So leading up to the whole process. Even through my pro day, pro day, I was training as a quarterback, but a couple of teams was like they wanted to see me, you know, run routes and stuff. And I'm like, you know, sure, I'll do that if I have to, if that gets me on the team, mm-hmm. whatever. But um, after the pro day, after throwing, uh, they they said, you can throw, you know, we don't need to see you run routes, et cetera. So I'm like, okay, cool. I never had to run routes. That's and then um, <laughs> after the third day of draft day, after the third day, um, I didn't get drafted. So, you know, a couple of teams called me. Bears called me, uh, Bucks called me, and the Chargers, they called me. And then, like, an hour later, the Vikings called me. So all the other teams mm-hmm. wanted me as a receiver. And the Vikings ended up calling me, so they wanted, bring, come, wanted me to come in as a quarterback. I was, you know, I wanted to go there. I'm like, I'm the Vikings. That's where I want to go. Ended up going up there, you know, um, you know, after the first day, before I could get on the practice field, hey, coach. No, he wasn't there, coach. He's the offensive coordinator. He's the head coach for the Browns now. He ended up uh, – Oh, Stefanski? Yeah. He's the one that ended up taking my jersey from me. He's like, yeah, just uh, – from me. He gave me a white jersey. He's like, here, we want you to go to running back. And then while I was up there, they, he ended up, you know, Damn. having me go play running back for whatever reason. So they never even seen me get to throw and everything. And just it just, mm-hmm. it just went downhill from there because – You can take one rapid quarterback at all? Know, take snaps under center for like pre warm up or anything like that. I went out Damn. there with the quarterbacks before we got even stretching lines. He just came over to me, took the jersey from me, and just handed me a white jersey. Said, Go with the running backs. So, you know, I never Damn. took a hand off my life. Damn. So, the disrespect, bro. First oh session, God. we went team, yep, but it's all good. But, you know, it, everything happens for a reason. But, you know, Facts. you live, you learn, you know, you just grow from that. So, but it was fun, you know, just going through that opportunity, going through that process. Um, no, I wasn't. I didn't enjoy it as far as you know playing other positions. You know, just I never did it before. I, struggled. I fumbled, you know, the first team rep when we uh, first went team. My first live rep playing running back, like a stretch to the left. Was the quarterback? Um, for guys, Jake from he went to Washington. He ended up telling me stretch. Gave me a stretch to the left. I tried to take the fumble first play. Damn. Knocked me out of there. They took me out of there. And ever since then, I, I just like, yeah, this is just not for me. So, you know, after a week later, I got a call from uh, uh, Randall L. He's like, yeah, we still have an opportunity down here. If he wants to come in, we could use him as like a receiver slash punt returner. So they ended up sending me down there. I went to Tampa Bay. Same situation, you know, had me running routes. Like, I was, I was better off running routes than taking handoffs. So, yeah, run a couple routes, you know, caught the ball really, you know, lining up, learning, you know, the spacing is that was just too much for me because, you know, from a quarterback perspective, you don't think about, hey, make sure your outside numbers, inside numbers, on off the ball, you just ready to you know, play fast. So I had a hard time, you know, trying to learn up, learn how to, you know, line up fast and my splits and stuff. So they ended up uh, having me do some punt return. I was, you know, catching the punts on air really well, and then first live team reps, same situation, first punt came down, dropped it. I knocked on my tail, and I was like, "This is not going well for me." Yeah, oh, this ain't like, it. Yeah, after, like, I feel that, bro. Like, there, and then after that, they let me go. So I ended up, you know, coming home, and um, 
I really wanted to play football still, and I play quarterback. So I'm just like, you know, I just keep training and you know, just keep posting my videos on social media, do what I do. And the agent hit me up, said, um, how come you're not on the team? I'm like, you know, was and then you know nobody. So he asked me, have I thought about CFL? I'm like, sure. I don't know nothing about it, but you know, I'll try it as long as I can play quarterback. Mm-hmm. He ended up getting me signed in Montreal. I went to Montreal for the end of 2019 for like the last three games. It was in playoff season, so out there. Learned the CFL game. It was a little different, but it's kind of fun. Also, like the environment made it fun, and um, they wanted to bring me back for 2020 for uh, camp, but COVID ended up happening. So yeah, ended up doing anything. Mm. 2019 one came around, and I still wanted to play football. So uh, Quavo ended up hit me up. He hit me up on Instagram. That's crazy. Yeah, I still want to play and all this stuff. I'm like yeah, he said, yeah, he ended up telling me, you know, I got this football team. I need a quarterback. You, my guy, I've been watching you since college, and I want you my quarterback. And I'm like, what? Like, what the freak <laughs> is fan control football? So he ended up showing me a video. And I died. I'm like, this this can't be real. What the heck? This is not real football. So he ended up showing me a video with, you know, the promotion and stuff, and like everything. I'm like, all right, cool. So he got on the call FaceTime. We talked and stuff. He's like, yeah, we're going to get you to Atlanta. Uh, and, you know, they'll take care of you and, you know, we won't win this ring. A lot of cool. I went to fan control, did my time there. It was fun, good experience, met some good people. But um, realized that's not real football. That's more entertainment. Football. Yeah. So right. did my time there, and I'm not coming back for the second year. You know, I like what they're doing as far as, you know, what they're trying to do with the uh, the league and everything. And as far as, you know, bringing more eyes to it, as far as, like, for entertainment purposes, that's good. But be able to play real football, more of a football player rather than entertainer stuff. So, I just stepped away from that. Ended up going to Albany in the uh, Arena League. If did uh we had we won a championship there, you know, I was back up to Tommy Grady. The name's Tommy Grady, but he's based like the Tom Brady of arena football. He's playing for like 14, 15 years, he got like seven rings. Damn. Damn. I was behind him. We won a championship. Yeah, he's uh he's the man. I learned a lot of things as far as you knowing the arena league. And, you know, when we blew teams out, you know, I've got I got to play about five games. And every drive I got, every opportunity I got. So, you know, I have fun there doing my role there. And um, I was set to come back for, you know, 2022 season, you know, be the guy and have my second year in arena. But Japanese league called me back in January. He reached out to me, told me about the league. And, you know, I was interested in it because, you know, it's real football. The biggest thing for me is, you know, real football. I want to yeah, play real football and play outdoors. On the turf, so, yeah. um, they told me exactly. So they told me it's an opportunity to come out here, you know, do what you got to do if you're trying to, you know, get back to the big leagues and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Um, they ended up flying me to L.A. and Atlanta for the workouts, did the workouts. Then, you know, five, six other teams from this league called me. And so basically I had, you know, options to pick from like six teams. And, and um, you know, there's a process trying to get here. But when you get here, you know, throughout the whole year, then uh, – Coach from the XFL hit me up back in what like April. And one of the head coaches from the XFL team, Coach uh, Beck, he's a St. Louis coach. He said, uh, "Yeah, I've seen you working. I've been seeing your videos." Uh, he wanted to invite him to an XFL workout, so I went to the XFL workout in June, and uh, we did the workout there. He liked me, he enjoyed it, so they gave me an invite for November. So hey. you know, hopefully, awesome. you know, I'll be drafted by XFL team in November. Congrats, yeah. man. Congrats, man. By January of 2023, playing in the uh, XFL, you know, just working my way back up to, you know, getting back. Up. You know, everything happens for a reason. It's been a long – it hasn't been long, but it feels like it's been a long journey, long process, but it's only been, you know, a couple of years. And, you know, each year I learn new things and, you know, I, I get more, you know, mature. And, you know, I just – through experience, you know, you level up and you just learn things and, you know, everything plays out how it's supposed to be, so – that's where I'm at today, right now. Yeah, You're man. Just that's what started, lot. man. Yeah, that three-year span. You went, you went through Sir. a lot, a lot of places, a lot, a lot of places, far distances. <laughs> Only been three years. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you've been through you a got lot. Experience in every type of football. Yeah, that's so, true. All it's all good. Max. You know, I'm still enjoying it. It's uh, been pretty good. So I'm enjoying yeah. it. Needing good people process and, you know, yeah. Yeah, how's uh how's adjusting to Japan time, culture, weather, food? Shoot, um, the one thing I can tell you, I'm still not adjusted to this weather. This weather, 
it's very, very hot and humid out here. So, really? right, I, I didn't think that either, but out here, so <laughs> in Japan, it's kind of weird. It's like the part I'm in is like the Miami, like it's always hot. They, uh, he said they, they do get winter, but it doesn't get that cold. And mm-hmm. then, like, the northern part of Japan, toward, close towards like Tokyo and way up, that's where it's always cold at. So, like, I'm at the bottom, so throughout. Ever since I've been here, it's been like over 95 degrees and just pure humid. It's just very, very hot. So like Dang. the practices, like I'd be feeling like I'm about to die at the practice because it's so hot. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's just we practice at one o'clock in the afternoon, so like one to like four, like the hottest part of the day. So it's just burning hot, hot. It's just so like the humid just makes it like very hard to breathe and stuff. But you know, as I practice, you know, our trying to get adjusted to it um sleeping wise i uh it took me about two two weeks to get adjusted to the sleeping schedule because when i got here i was going to sleep at like three four in the afternoon waking up like nine ten at night and then just stand up and then waking back up like three four in the morning so it took about two weeks to get and i feel like i'm a little adjusted to sleeping um one thing that's different from america like everything in japan is very small Everything is much smaller than America because I guess, you know, that's how it is out here. The culture, everything is just much smaller. So, like, from the apartment to the cars, the people, everything, anything you can think of is just from mm-hmm. America. It's probably used to this. Everything here is, like, way, like, so, like, the cars, cars are, like, this little, all the cars. The apartments are very small. Um, they said my apartment is considered, you know, big for Japan and in America, I would consider this more like a like a college dorm. That's what you can compare it to. Damn. Damn. Yeah. The tub is about this little. So in America, we have like a normal size tub here. It's like <laughs> like this. <laughs> My boy is not fitting in that. <laughs> yeah, it's much smaller. So like you know, it's a it's I gotta adapt to it, which is you know been a little different, but um. You know, I'm I'm adjusting very well. You know, getting used to it day by day. Um, the food, you know, in the, in America, we used to eat meat and burgers and everything. You know, heavy foods here. It's more of like mm-hmm. rice, shrimp, uh, uh, ramen, that type of stuff. So, it's I feel like that's probably the hardest part for me being out here trying to find you know food that I can you know so I can keep my weight up and stuff because yeah, I'm, I weight up rather than you know just eating small stuff. And here they don't serve like big portions. So when I go shopping. Um, for example, um, went to go get like a loaf of bread here that, you know, in America, our braids come like 32 little slices, long bread here, mm-hmm. you know, you go get a, the biggest pack of bread you get is like, it's like four or five low uh, slices like this big, and, you know, you got to keep running or every day. So that's the hardest part. Cause everything here is small serving. So you got to keep going shopping, going to the store like every other day, Damn. but, um, I'm slowly getting adjusted to it and trying to find like the heaviest foods where I can, you know, keep up all weight and you know thrive from there how would you say that you've been like adjusting to like all the different play styles of all the different leagues that you've been in uh kind of like how you adjusted to tokyo or i mean um just like japan's food and like how they're living there how would it be how would you say that you've been adjusting like to different of the like the leagues how they've been playing do you think that been like uh that's been like a struggle for you or been something that's kind of been came to you like naturally oh so the biggest thing i always say they all have in common is at some point, however it is, if it's NFL, CFL, X-League, Arena, it's, you know, to the core is, you know, football. You're competing against another side. It's all about being a playmaker. You got to score. So that's one thing I've been able to do, you know, just having, you know, being able to do that, being a playmaker. So every league I've been in, I've been able to, I've been able to you know, score, make my mark, and do what I got to do as far as that. Um, the Arena Leagues are the only ones that are, like, more of a, got to adjust to like certain rules and you know different variations because fan control was more of you know there's seven on seven there's seven on seven down line and a quarterback but also like two receivers and then these lines in arena is eight on eight the high motion guy lineman can't go off a passer so it's basically three receivers and a running back that you can that are eligible so those are the only ones i had to adapt to but you know i adapted really Give me a week or two to learn how to play the league, play the game of football in this league, and it was just easy to you know just adapt and 
basically to the core of it, just make plays, just got to make plays at the end of the day. And that's how, that's what I've been able to do in every league I've been in, be able to make plays when I got my opportunity. And um, coming back here to the roots of real football, playing 11-11, it just makes it much easier because these three years I learned, you know, all different leagues and different coverages. And so I have so much knowledge of the game from different perspective where when I come back here, where, you know, these guys, are, you know, they're just learning real football. I can give mm-hmm. it to them, and it just it just makes my job much easier because of just from experience, having a lot of experience, and a little place, have a lot of knowledge to give. I make it makes football easier for me as well because you know learning learning defense and stuff was one of my struggles. I didn't really know too much about defense and everything, but now since I've been able to you know go through all these leagues and learn different things from different people, defenses are much easier to read. It makes my decision making as a quarterback faster. And the game has just been slow to me, even though it's out here, you know, when I watch my film every day and I watch, you know, Packers film and like stuff that uh, my guys send me, I watch that stuff and I just basically focus on the defense and I learn the defense. And, you know, all the rules are pretty much the same. You know, NFL guys are much more, you know, but, um, you know, just being able to watch defenses and see it and then come out here and teach to these guys. It makes the game faster for them. It helps them out mm-hmm. knowing where they need to be. And, you know, it just it just much slower for us when we play who would you say has been your biggest contributor to your success so far in like your football journey oh i wouldn't i wouldn't uh say there's been uh like a, a single one person that's been able to you know say they've been there throughout the whole way you know guiding mm-hmm. me doing this and that but there's some people who've you know who've been supportive of me since I started and who, you know, always, you know, check in on me or like when I'm, when I need something, they give me advice stuff. Um, my high school coach, you know, been supportive of me since day one, since I started, because, you know, the first three years in high school, you know, he taught me the basics to, you know, take that next jump going to college. Um, uh, a guy, Chris Brooks, he's, a he's like a quarterback coach slash, you know, personal trainer dude. I've, you know, worked with since I since high school, I met him through, a he he was a high school my high school rivalry, and uh, he ended up playing. He played football at Hampton back in the day, and he's just been since day one to this day. Like he calls me every day, check on me, and just make sure you know I'm staying grounded and everything. And he's just more like a he's like I say he's more like a mentor role now. So he just more he just mm-hmm. keeps up with me, make sure I'm staying on the right track, make sure I'm doing do listening, being well, everything. And he just makes sure you know we stick into the main goal, which is you know playing football and seeing as far as my potential can take me and then um you know my cousin my cousin roberto he uh ever since you know he's been a big football fan and ever since i started getting to this football thing from you know college to juco to the pro with me trying to keep up with me and whatever i need as far as you know getting here doing that for me helped me, you know, with my videos as far as, you know, recording my stuff and, you know, just being able to, you know, do what I need to do as far as, you know, push my brand out and push my name out. He's been there for me to step it away. So those three, they've always been, you know, in my corner and, you know, supporting me for the most part. But, um, yeah, I've met a lot of good people throughout the whole process. Everybody's been, you know, a part of, you know, whoever's been a part of me, you know, they've been very supportive of it and, you know, I appreciate them throughout you know the process. That's good, man. Sounds like you got some uh, good people in your circle. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Uh, to transition a little bit, um, do you want to give us like your favorite like sports moment, like where you felt like the most like triumphant? Like, is there like a moment that kind of stands out in your mind that you like feel that way? Like you were like a like a straight up winner type type thing. Yeah, it was team, which is my junior year at UConn. So I thought you you know. I got benched and then ended up getting that starting spot again after like the eighth game. So we was playing like South Florida. Then next week we played Central Florida. And each week we got better. So like we scored more and more points. And then the week after Central Florida, we played Boston College at Wake Park. And then the last game of the season, we played Cincinnati at Cincinnati. So that last game of the season, we played Cincinnati. We both were bad. Cincinnati, I think we were like four and six, four and seven. We were like three and six, three and seven, something like that. We're both equal, but we're both not so good. So mm. throughout the whole game, score was, you know, seven, seven to seven, seven. Then fourth quarter, they scored two touchdowns. So I ended up 21 to seven. We came back, 
scored a touchdown, ended up making it 14 to 21. Then it was the last game, this uh, last last possession of uh, the game. It was like I think we had like 52 seconds, 14 21. Uh, it's two minute drill. We driving down the field, driving down the field, driving down the field. Kicker, he ended up missing the field goal. But the play was on ESPN. It was like the first highlight of like. Damn. I felt like okay, like confidence. Yeah, I felt like my confidence got back up after that game. Oh yeah. Pointed to my senior. I was like, yeah, I can do this. This is like <laughs> that's when a lot of people started talking. A lot of people. So that was like the highlight of my. I would say. Yeah, you got like featured, man. That's 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 what everyone everyone's man's wish on the on the sports and like getting featured on the sports center too. Shit, <laughs> it's lit. I posted all of them on my Instagram, so I don't know if you follow me, but if you scroll all the way down to like the bottom, you go through the clip. They're all on there. Where I'm at ESPN. Like I'm gonna have to check like, it out. Where? Facts. Yeah, yeah. Good moment though. You know. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh. So you got into football kind of late, but as you, like you said, you've gone through your journey and stuff. Who do you think you model how you play after the most, or if it's like a combination of people who are there? Yeah, mine's more be more of like a combination of people. From the outside looking in, everybody, you know, first thing they say is, "Hey, Lamar Jackson." Obviously, because you know my running ability—that's the first thing people see. But mm-hmm. um, actually, if you actually were to watch like all of my film and put it all together. Uh, how's this combination of Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and Lamar Jackson? Mm. Because uh, my style of play is more of like a I'm pocket passer first, and then you know pocket breakdown. You know I get out and I try to make a play as far as you know keeping the play alive rather than just take off. But mm. you know since I run really well, as far as you know like when I when I do run the ball, I think that overrides my passing, and that's why people just assume, oh, he's a running quarterback because, you know, my running ability is, I think, the first thing that stands out when you watch my film is just, oh, he can run really well. He's very, you know, athletic. So people just mm. quickly say, hey, he's a quarterback. He's Lamar Jackson. But, like, when I break it down, it's yeah. a combination of, like, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson. Hell yeah, that's man. A, that's a good core to be. I'll tell you, that's a good combination <laughs> to be. <laughs> Shit. Here's this year, too. Both looking forward to watching. So uh, we actually found this tweet a while back um, that basically where you tweeted at the Baltimore Ravens when they uh, had like they tweeted out something about Blem planning on getting another quarterback. I think it was when uh, RG3 got injured. We wanted to just yeah. point, put that out there and see like what what was going on through your mindset at that time and seeing like, you know, just like sending it and saying like, screw it. Hey, give me a look. Yeah, so I'm I'm from Baltimore. I'm literally like 20 minutes from the facility where the Ravens practice and all that. At. And um, I worked out for the Ravens twice throughout my draft process. You know, I worked out for Urban James, the quarterback coach. He worked out. He worked me out twice. He liked me, and he said he would keep in contact with me and everything. So you know, throughout my process, that's the first team I thought I was gonna get drafted by. But they was like, yeah, we're gonna draft a quarterback late in the sixth, seventh round. And um, he said he liked me. They were going to keep in contact with throughout the whole week and end up, you know, draft another dude. But um, Damn. when they signed RG3 and he broke his finger or whatever for uh, that practice, I think it was like camp 2020 mm-hmm. or so. Um, I ended up working out with Dave Bryant too. Brace Bryant, he ended up having to work out with the Ravens. So he came up here for stuff because they were about to sign him on. He work out with him and – um. Let me just, you know, they posted that thing. Hey, they'll be signing a quarterback soon just to, you know, come in and replace RG3 because of his finger. And I'm like, boom, perfect. Is Brian about to go sign with them and I'm working out with them? Let me just reach out, see if they you know, take notice or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And they ended up, before I could even uh, get a message back, you know, I tweeted at him and everything and ended up messaging the one of the dudes in the front office. And, you know, then an hour later, he responded and said, we already, you know, end up signing a guy. End up signing uh, Damn. Uh, I think his name Joe Callahan. Signing him. But, you know, I figured I'd just, you know, just try to get him. Because, you know, everybody in Maryland knows me. There's uh, a lot of people, you know, support me and stuff. So if I can get a little bit of attention going, like, hey, try to look at this guy, check him out. I just try to do what I can do. But, um, you know, built a good relationship with uh, a lot of the players on in uh, 
the Ravens organization who played with them or still playing with them. Diz Bryant, he uh he put in a word for me, but you know, and it's all a business. So whoever you know, it's all that they need at a certain time. It's just what they need. So, but um, you know, still process, just going through and everything. You know, it was uh that was just my little one time trying to you know trying to get like a quick workout, just trying to get you know a camp yeah. invite just to show them what I can do. So, for sure, for sure. Screw yeah. it, man. You got to shoot the shot sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> got you got that on yourself. Don't take. Mm-hmm. Yep. But um, through your whole like mini camp process and like seeing a bunch of teams as you were getting initially out of the draft process, um, did you ever have a moment where where people were trying to put you at receiver, running back, all these different positions, and you just felt like you were better than the other quarterbacks in camp, and like you were so confused on why you weren't getting a shot? Uh, yeah, uh, I think that's where everywhere I went, as far as like Minnesota, Tampa, and when I worked out with the Ravens, um, I just felt like you know when I was in Minnesota, uh, I'm cool with all the quarterbacks. You know, we still communicate with everybody, all of them. I'm cool with all of them, but you know, Minnesota, the quarterback they end up signing, uh, I liked him. You know, I watched him in college. Jimmy Browning, good guy. I like watching him. Good dude. Felt like he was a good dude. He had a great arm and everything. And um, for their situation, it was like hey, Kurt Cousins, um, Jake Browning, and um, got the other dude, backup quarterback. Was, uh, I think it's Sean Manning, maybe. But uh, has those three. I already knew the situation. They're only going to keep like three quarterbacks. But, you know, all of them were good passes. And I had nothing against it. I just, you know, I felt like with my ability to – you know, move around and stuff. I could, you know, pass in, you know, have, be like a dual threat, have the extra one in. Uh, Tampa Bay, Nick Fitzgerald, he they ended up moving him to tight end. They brought him in as a quarterback. Uh, he was in there, you know, playing quarterback. And then once they released me, I think the week after that, so they ended up moving him to tight end. And I'm just like, yeah, I should have, you know, just threw me at quarterback a couple of times. I could have, you know, made a couple throws and, you know, had a little running ability. Um, like that was that, and then the Ravens they ended up bringing me and uh Trace McSorley in. Trace McSorley, that's my guy, he's from like Virginia, we work out together. But, um, you know, Trace McSorley was a good college quarterback, he had a good career at Penn State and all. But I just felt like when we did the workout, I felt like I was, you know, I did, I think I was better personally, but you know, it is what it is, they have their own decisions for whatever reason. But, um, yeah, I felt like you know, I'm a better my own for my own reason my own way but you know, i'm not the judge i don't make those decisions so you know everything happens for, for uh, the reason it happens for uh so did randall I'll call you personally or did you guys just meet at camp well he called my agent and then my agent told me and then once i got down there i got his number we talked to communicate with me he, he told me like he wanted to work with me because we were facing the same situation he went to he played mm-hmm. college, quarterback in college, and then he ended up going to the Steelers and everything as a receiver and, like, athlete. So he wanted me to basically, like, be him, play that role he did. But, you know, it just didn't work out. But he told me, you know, if I need anything, contact with him and everything like that. So, yeah. Thanks. So when you got the call from uh, Quavo, did he actually call you or was it, like, same kind of thing, like agent to agent kind of thing? Wait, well, first he DM me on Instagram. We talked, and I gave him a number that he FaceTimed me, like, uh, personally okay. phone call me. Was that, like, weird, like, or, like, just kind of, or, like, exciting? I mean, at first, I'm like, I just got, yeah, like, I got a message from Quavo, like, saying, yo, on Instagram, like, why is he messaging me? I'll have music. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I'm trying to rethink everything, like, I haven't talked to anybody he knows. I ain't getting in no trouble or anything like that. Knowing the music as far as rappers on that level, like, I was just like, why is he messaging me? So I responded fast, and then he said, yeah, I got this football opportunity. And I'm like, boom, okay, cool. Let's see what this is about. Oh, yeah. Did you ever get to meet him, like, personally face-to-face, or was it just, like, over DM and text and calls? Oh, yeah. I met him a couple of times. He came down to uh, the uh, arena where we played our games at in uh, Atlanta. For the fan control football, he came to a couple games. Came to the champ. He came to our playoff game and championship game. So I met him there, talked to him. I met him. Met uh, Donald destroying 
met him because David wants to sign me. And then uh, Richard Sherman talked to him over FaceTime a couple of times. Man, that's cool. Um, they all the ones tagged me as the first quarterback of that league and everything. So good people, good dudes. For the uh, for the fan controlled uh, football league, what was the play calling like from your perspective? So that was just the play calling that the fans were in charge. So you know the fans called a play. So every time I got in, it was all all go. Everybody go deep or the quarterback run. So after I figured out fans wanted they we they all go special. I, I was like, hey, Cavante, run a hitch. Andrew, run a hitch or out, something like that. Because mm. we, my mind, we were we trying to play football. For them, it's more entertainment. So we had to, you know, yeah. had to, we had to, you know, keep getting used to being control. They call the plays, they make the plays. Because in our mindset, we all trying to win. And like, why are you calling this? Why are you calling that? So I just audible and stuff. But then, you know, you got to follow the rules. You got to do what they want because they're the, they're the play callers. But, um, yeah. It's simple, like stuff you see on Madden or NFL streets. You know, they got all goals. You got a little hit and go. Simple concepts, like three man concepts, stuff like that. Gotcha. Yeah, they wanted me to run the ball. I would just keep everything. Um, do you have a go to like pregame song? Uh, no, nah, I don't have any like rituals or anything like that. But I know how I do listen to a lot. Like nine times out of ten, if it's game day, if I if I am listening to music. But I don't listen mm. to music like every day or anything like that. It's just if I got some earphones, I might listen to it. But I know for sure I'm listening to the game. You know who the game is? The rapper. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen. Yeah, I'm always listening to some game. Okay. And then when did you say the uh, XFL draft was? Uh, draft is in November. Season starts in January, February. Gotcha. You excited right. for that? Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for you know here and there because you know i'm playing in this league right now our mm. season here ends in november but depending on how good we are we got to playoffs and make it to the rice bowl the rice bowl is you know the first week of january so then it's like okay if i if we do good i'm here i win a ring here and then if i get drafted by xfl team it's like go here and it just it just makes everything better for me so yeah. you know i'm excited about you know i don't know how we do this season i'm just excited about you know the next couple months you know football wise Hell yeah. yeah. Well, good luck, man. Up, man. Good luck. Yes, sir. Well, well uh, appreciate, yeah, I appreciate you coming on, man, taking the time out of your day to just spend an hour with us and talk talk about your career, your football life and everything. And it uh, means the world to us. And thank you so much. Have a good oh, rest yeah. of your day. Good luck on the rest of your season, man. Can't wait for things to look up for you. Hopefully playoffs go well. Um. XFL draft is going to be huge. You got a lot going on, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, just hoping everything falls in the right place at the right time, you know? Yeah. You just keep betting on yourself, man. You got it. You, you already put in all the, all the hard work. So I say just keep doing what you're doing. Yes, yeah, sir. I appreciate that. appreciate you reaching out for me and, you know, doing this. And, um, you know, I like what you guys are doing with the podcast. You know, just keep doing it every day. Meet more and more people, you know, just, you know, you know how it is day by day, step by step. Yep. And, you know, just keep building, building that platform and just going from there. So I appreciate that. And, um, you know, just, you know, whenever y'all, you know, need any type of, uh, want to do any more chatting or just video chat, let me know. Or if I can reach out to somebody or put you on to somebody, you want to do an interview with, just let me know and uh, I'll get them on there. Thank you. Well, that, means, that means a appreciate lot. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, for real. For real. That means a lot. Yep. No problem. Thank you. Hey, have a good day, man. All right, David. Yeah, have a great rest of the day, bro. Thank you so much again. All right, see. To wrap things up, hopefully have another interview in late August, potentially. We'll keep that on the books and hopefully keep you guys updated on uh, the Instagram page as we follow up with things. And I think that's all we got for today. Yes, sir. Hope you guys enjoyed. Yep. In the next one. See ya. Sorry. Jump, uh, oh, crisscross jump, uh, oh, with a bell in the
trunk. Mr. Miyagi, tax on my body. Racks up the party. Facts say I got it. Crash the Bugatti. Crash the Bugatti. QC murder ain't no got it. Shh, don't tell nobody. We ain't tryna rob. That's just how we mob. Leave that to the blogs. Leave it. Money to the stars. Yoda. Blessings came from God. Woo. Had to beat the odds. Beat it. Young nigga working hard. Work it. Pull your card. Pull it. In that pot. In it. First one making noise. Pull a bar. Slide with my boss. Matt got a drip on the red carpet. Sold my ice on the runway. Yeah. Elliot did the pave. Johnny Day did my ice train. Yeah. Uh, Clock in the morning, phone ringing, this annoying. I ain't been to sleep touring, and I got a late performance. You're funny, call you Martin Lawrence. You're 12, so issue a warrant. All this ice on me is storming. Fuck at night, she gone by the morning. On your water credit, better keep it over there to keep a couple steady. Hey. I ain't playing with these niggas, I'ma throw them. Nah. He don't want no smoke, and I'm down the bell. 25 bricks in the yard, elder bricks. On the big dog on the high pedestal. Hey. Bull legged coop, cool. mill in the roof. Yeah. Bitch got the juice. juice. I know you feel me, masseuse. You, feel. you rock me, I kill you with truce. Big pointers on my neck, Bruce Bruce. Great digger on the north on mute. Great you too cute, give me mouth and you lose. Too cute. Better watch your bitch, you want the groove.